The painful threshold. Painful threshold. 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 Painful threshold. Welcome to The Painful Threshold, the podcast where the questions all come from the internet at large. My name is Matt Keeley from kittysneezes.com. Panelists, please introduce yourself. Panelist one. Hi, I'm Richard J. Anderson. I write, I used to do a podcast with Matt, and I live in New York City. Panelist two. I'm Bill Drake, and uh, sometimes I'm called Bill anyway, and other times I'm called William D. Drake, and I write songs and release them on records and CDs and things like that. And I used to play in a band called Cardiacs, and now I do my solo stuff. And panelist three. I am Maddie Drake, no relation. Um, I live in Leeds, and I am a person you know off the internet, and a Cardiacs fan, so yay. (laughs) I too am a Cardiacs fan. And I am as well, of course. <laughs> Sorry to spring this on you, but you're you're talking to a bunch of cardiacs nerds. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's just uh, get right on into it here, and f- let's have our very first question. This one is from Anonymous, and Anonymous wants to know what's the meaning of life. Oh, oh God, the the meaning of life is a fairly mediocre Monty Python film. <laughs> um, that's the best I got. It's got the Mr. Creosote bit in it. That's, yeah, that's a I mean, classic. There's good yeah. bits, yeah. But as an overall film, it doesn't really hang together, does it? It has the liver donor. That's good. Mm. I like oh, yeah, the, the galaxy song. <laughs> yeah, the uh, birth scene is quite good as well in the mm. hospital. With the uh, machine that goes ping? That's the one. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that means your baby is still alive. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rich? The meaning of life. Uh... I suppose I could make a Douglas Adams reference here, but would that get a buzzer or something? We don't have a klaxon like on QI, but if, if we did, it would totally be a klaxon. Fair enough. Well, I suppose from a biological standpoint, the meaning of life is to perpetuate your genes, in which case I am a absolute failure at it. And, <laughs> and that is by choice. It's a perfectly valid choice. I support it. <laughs> and I say that as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill, what's, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> well... I think it's all to do with eggs. I've been thinking about it a lot <laughs> since I read that question. And it's about eggs, isn't it? Eggs and eggs and more eggs. Eggs are very important. They're very important. I mean, the universe is consistent. It's like a great big basket of eggs, really, isn't it? And they're just all hatching and then life is coming out and stuff. And maybe that's what it's all about. Eggs, more eggs. I have had a sort of borderline obsession with long eggs, Lately, have you seen long eggs? No, I haven't seen long eggs. What's okay, long, long, eggs? long eggs. You know when you buy like a salad in a supermarket or whatever, and it's got like sliced up boiled yeah. eggs in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. To get them nice and uniform, what they do is they mechanically separate the whites and the yolks, cook them, and then form them together into a big long cylinder egg, <laughs> chopped up. Yeah, you've got to Google this, um, but it is a really beautiful sight to see a big long cylindrical egg. Ooh, I mean, that's like the shape of the universe, isn't it? Long <laughs> See, it all ties well, in, That's what it? I meant. I'm sorry, I think my head just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eggs, that's my contribution, I'm afraid. No, I'll go with that. Between the uh, Python film, the uh, propagation of the species, and eggs. And I think that's as, probably as, as good an answer as we're going to get, I think. You know, especially if we combine them all together, and it's about, I don't know, 
eggs propagating the species in a in a mediocre python film <laughs> <laughs> well i think it would be a really good python film if that was the subject <laughs> it would actually wouldn't it? I, I'd, I'd go see that maybe eggs can replace graham chapman that's what he would have wanted <laughs> <laughs> everyone go out wherever the uh, graham chapman memorial is i don't know i think he might have been cremated but if there happens to be one you should go there and, and lay eggs at the uh stone i like you, the way you said cremated I like that. It's good. It made me think of this rich, creamy sort of substance, you know, <laughs> that you can sort of ashes would be all be mixed up in. And it's mayonnaise sort of thing. We've taken Graham Chapman's ashes, emulsified them, and wrapped them in rich, dark chocolate. And eaten with long eggs. Yes. <laughs> the long egg is essential. <laughs> Even though we just started it, this is the point of the show where we like to take a question from another blog that's on Tumblr. And this time our lucky blog is litzy-calyptica, and there's going to be a link to her blog in the show notes, of course. And the question was asked by Grayson Bear. And the question is, hey girl, how's it going? Any new fanfics you've been working on? And, you know, I, I think we can all assume that we're, we've all been working on fanfics. So what have you been working on? Just, just you know, give us a thumbnail of your, of your new fanfic. Well, since uh, I noticed the way The Crusher is written, fanfics is spelled P-H-A-N. So uh, as a native Philadelphian, my, my mind immediately associated that with the, the infamous Philly fanatic. So I'm, I'm working on a fanfic involving the Philly fanatic uh, baseball mascot for those of you who are not familiar, which probably the other two people on the show. <laughs> <laughs> totally unfamiliar. <laughs> I suggest you uh, you Google it, uh, but uh, the, the best description I can give you is this strange-shaped green humanoid thing with a kind of trumpet mouth nose thing. And Wouldn't you say oh. it's kind of like the Capital City goofball from The Simpsons? Yeah, yeah, that's totally... Part of, that, part of the uh, look of the goofball is totally ripped off the Philly Fanatic, but the Fanatic is covered in green, fuzzy stuff. Okay, so well, so what's the, the Fanatic doing in your fanfic? Like, what, what, what genre of fanfic? Is it a crossover? Is it a slash? Is it... I don't want to be bound by genre, man. I am just, like, taking this as it comes, okay? You can't box me in with your genres. Is it like a freeform thing? Is it yeah. sort of like a freeform beat novel? Is it non-linear? <laughs> Let's go with that, yeah. The structure is heavily influenced by uh, Infinite Jest. <laughs> uh, for what it's worth, it's going well. Oh, good, good. Maddie, what, what's your fanfic? Okay, uh, well, the first part of the question is, hey girl, it's, it's going pretty good. Oh, good. Yeah, you know, I'm going to answer the full question. I'm currently working on a fanfic of My Dinner with Andre. Mm. I want to know more what these guys talk about. <laughs> and it's... It goes on for a very long time. <laughs> my, my my old country buffet trip with Andre. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, no. I, they should go to a, a buffet, and every sort of five minutes, they have to go up and get another plate, and just the other one sit and awkwardly waits. <laughs> Bill, I don't know whether I'm going in the right direction here, but, but what I've been working on is is um, history of the world part one by Lytton Strachey. But I'm trying to make it a cuddlier sort of tale because what you know, quite a, unpleasant things happened. But I'm trying to make it. A jollier, cuddlier, funnier sort of story. Sort of, yeah, fluff it up a little bit. Fluff, fluff, fluff it, yeah. fluffy. <laughs> yeah, like a like a big pillow. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. is that the right word to use? Probably not. I, don't that was, I think it was a perfect one. I just, um, is, that, is that all right? I think you nailed that one. Oh, God, brilliant! Thank you. No one's ever said that. To me. <laughs> and now it's time for a question about time travel from the Zappa, and that's spelled with an H. 
and I'll, I'll throw a link to uh, uh, the Zappa's blog in there now, because I'm pretending that I don't actually know him, so that's why I'm avoiding using pronouns. I know precisely who asked that question, in fact. <laughs> anyway, the Zappa asks, if you could travel back in time and only back, when would you go? And he also has a sort of a follow-up supplemental question. If your goal is stopping Hitler, and it doesn't have to be, but if your goal is stopping Hitler, do you try to outright kill him, or do you support his art career instead? I'm one of those tech... I'm a technology person, so if I travel too far back in time, I have no skills. I'll end up working... Uh, you know, let's say I stay in the 20th century, end up working at Burger King for the rest of my natural life. So I guess I'd, I'd travel, maybe travel back to the uh, the early 90s and see if I can get, uh, get rich in that first internet boom before everything blows up. Yeah, um, I mean, like, going back in time sucks. I mean, I do not want to about the internet. That's just... No, I do not want to do that at all. <laughs> I would love to travel back in time if I could just visit. You know, I'd go see all the cool bands I never could get to see. Um... Maybe pick up some rare records or uh, rare books and take them back to the future and sell them for ridiculous prices. But uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I'd go back and give myself gambling tips. <laughs> that's, that's I don't know really if you ever saw Back to the Future Part Two. You know that could possibly end badly. I'm taking Biff as my model. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it ended badly, but not for Biff. I mean, he was doing great. <laughs> I guess so. Everyone else was screwed, but I'm doing it for myself, not for anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about the second half of the question, though. Um, Yeah, I think what's the first rule of time travel is everyone tries to kill Hitler in their first try. That that doesn't end well. So the trick is, I don't think, you know, stopping stop Hitler isn't to kill him, but maybe just like switch him at birth. No, wait, there was a Twilight Zone episode about that, wasn't there? (laughs) There's nothing there. Yeah, there's actually nothing you can do. So just to accept it, unfortunately. I I would kill him um, because the world doesn't need one more evil artist. (laughs) We've got enough. Just just think, though. I mean, you know, I mean, if you did support the art career, you'd just get a bunch of like, uh, you know, your fave is problematic posts on Tumblr about, you know, (laughs) yes, he did a lot of landscapes, but dude's got some messed up thought. You know, Hitler, he's problematic. <laughs> he probably could have been a really interesting artist. He did his landscapes were so dull, weren't they? <laughs> He'd really let himself go in the art world. He probably would have created some amazing stuff, wouldn't he? If he'd just done that, we might. I think I would probably take evil art over genocide if I was forced to choose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. So, so we've got a, pretty much a consensus that um, Hitler stays alive. Then, yeah, why not? <laughs> I think we need a disclaimer here. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, speaking of your famous problematic, we're going up there right now, aren't we? <laughs> There's context, though. <laughs> you know, I mean, don't just say Hitler should have stayed alive as your pull quote, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Is this how we're going to sell this podcast? For the record, I did say I would kill him. <laughs> I, I personally, I, I want to go much further back. I want to go back to the dinosaurs and Ooh. see what they actually really look like. That is actually pretty cool. Yeah, that is. You, you always see, like, they've never really been able to animate them properly, have they? You know, they, they always look a bit awkward. Uh, yeah. And I'd love to see what they really look like. And did they were they covered in feathers? I reckon they had lots of feathers as well. Oh, I definitely like the feather fairy, yeah. Yes, I do too. Yeah, because they'd look more right with feathers, wouldn't they? Probably really colourful feathers. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, if you look at a, a plucked bird, I mean, they usually look really freaky, even when they're, even if they're a beautiful bird when they have feathers. But if you pluck them, they're freaky and actually kind of lizardy looking. Yeah. 
So, yeah. you know, I, 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 I honestly, I, you know, it'd be interesting to do that just because it'd be really interesting if it turned out that dinosaurs were actually really adorable. Yeah, exactly. And, and not sort of wooden and a bit kind of not moving very, sort of stiff joints and everything. Right. But really graceful. And, you know, I'd love to see what they really looked like. That would be amazing, I think. That really would. <laughs> yeah. um, the problem is that, yeah, according to the terms of the question, there's no return trip. Oh, isn't there? Oh, I, didn't oh, see I guess so, because, yeah, only back. So that would mean that you're stuck there, huh? What? It's worth it to see it, though, just to be, to be able to actually see that. I mean, you wouldn't ask very long, though, would you? <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Well, what you could do is, like, I don't know, bring, like, a camera or something and then, you know, take a bunch of photos and then bury it, and then yeah. the people in our time... That's you know, true. it'd be actually doing something amazing, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, it'd be like, you know, I mean, especially too if it was like a digital camera, because then we'd just have to wait for people to invent the digital camera, <laughs> and then we'd be like, oh, this is one of those things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you couldn't come back. Yeah, I didn't. I, I missed. Couldn't read that bit. I don't think. Uh, yeah, but it might be worth it. Yeah, I don't know. Just to be able to see that, something no one's ever, ever seen, you know. I'm really digging the dinosaur idea. <laughs> For our next question, Anon wants to know, if you could move someplace without having to worry about money or work, where would that be? This was a tricky one, because I already did that, except that I had to worry about money and work, but I'm where I want to be. I live in New York City, so that, that's where I wanted to be. Yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of my answer, really. If I didn't have to worry about work or money, I'd probably be in New York. Actually, I wouldn't mind being in New York either. Yeah, okay, let's all go to New York. That's great. Sure. Uh, I, I, I can at least let someone crash here overnight. We, we do have a couch. <laughs> well, yeah, we actually, we actually met in New York when I went in June. Yeah. And I had no money. So, <laughs> live the dream. <laughs> Although I did worry about money. I think one would have been Paris, but thinking more and more about New York, I think I love New York so much. I spent quite a lot of time there in the 90s, late 90s. And I just love it there. But, um, but Paris is a great place too. Um, I was working in an opera a couple of years ago, and it was a sort of pop opera, and uh, it was just, you know, a, a really good place. And we were there for a few months. And one of my favourite musicians, a guy called John Greaves, um, he's from a band called Henry Cow. Um, he he lives there as well, and I just love his music. And it'd just be nice to get all his gigs. He plays quite a lot still. It just feels like a good place to go and live. Speaking of music, as we kind of tend to do here on uh, Painful Threshold, I suppose, it's time to listen to some. And our special musical guest, William D. Drake, uh, what song would you like to play? I'd like to play Ivy Dunn, please, Matt. Okay. Uh, What can you tell us about that one? Um, This one, I don't know. It's just, um, well, it's got various different characters singing on it. Um, I recorded that album at, at Tim Smith's studio. And... Um, Joe Spratley from Spratley's Japs sings on it with me and Tim sings and Terry Pitt played some trumpet and uh, we recorded five or six songs no, no, we recorded about 17 songs in about five or six days um, and it was just non-stop you know, it was, it was great and when we started recording we didn't know what we were going to record I thought I was going to do a few piano pieces and then put one song down and then Tim said have you got any vocals for that and then we ended up putting some vocals down and then just carried on doing all the songs I could think of that I'd never recorded. <laughs> and I, and, I, and we, we released it just in the order of the, the, the set order of the songs is the order we recorded them in. And so Ivy Dunn suddenly turned up. And it's funny because Tim had a sort of funny premonition about 
just before we started doing that song, he said, I can tell there's something just about, the song's about to appear, it's just going to be really good. And he was right, and I just started playing that one. And then we, we turned it into a bit of an epic, and, and, and this is it. That was Ivy Dunn by William D. Drake from the self-titled first album. And now that we're all properly refreshed from uh, that lovely musical break, our next question also comes from Anonymous, and Anonymous wants to know, what needs to be revived from a previous decade? I would like to revive long, boring discussions over what to call the decade. Because we never really settled. Um, A lot of people still call it the noughties, which is still quite contentious. Oh, yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I just enjoyed long, painful, tedious, turgid debates over what to call it. (laughs) 
Nobody knows, do they? It's still not decided. And I can't think of anything else worth bringing back. But you two will. Come on. That's it. From a previous decade, I'd say... Well, in general, I'd just like to see people dress nicer out in public. I want to... You know... <laughs> Yeah, this the whole thing of like, hey, I'm going out in public. Maybe I should actually uh, wear some clothing that doesn't look like I just pulled it off the floor. That's fashionable, isn't it? Well, what decade are you thinking about? Are you thinking like the '90s, like grunge? No, <laughs> no. You skipped no. a decade. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see like people in people in suits, men and women in suits. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm I'm down with the suit as as general day to day fashion and ge- for uh, for everyone. Yeah, I, I tend to wear suits quite often. Suits on so. babies. <laughs> With, with ties, yes. Suits on dogs and cats. Well, if you can, if you can get a cat in a suit without getting turned into uh, a massive bleeding flesh, then yeah, I mean, more power to that, you. But it would look good. Yes, yeah, cat suits. Oh, I, mean, yeah. cat suits. oh I, I do wear cat suits. I have cat suits. How do they fit? Are are you secretly very tiny? No, I enjoy the other type of cat suit. Now, time to tabulate the votes and ask the question from our last episode that got the most notes on our Tumblr page, which is painfulthreshold.com. And of course, anyone there out there listening to this right now can go go there now and vote on their favorite question from this show, either by liking or reblogging. And your votes will be recorded, and the most popular question from this show will be asked on next show. And the question from last show that will be asked on this show is do you have any weird phobias yeah i've got the weird phobia where if i'm walking over like a, a grate or uh, on a bridge or something and i i keep worried that my phone is going to fall down to the down the sewer grate or off the bridge and it, even when it's like nestled snugly nestled in my pants pocket where it usually is like i'm not even holding it it has to somehow leap out of my pocket and then jump fall down the sewer grate and like i know that is impossible and yet i can't stop thinking about it I think that's quite a common phobia, actually. I think people are getting more and more phobic about losing their telephones. And, you know, if, if you do lose it, it's, like, shocking, isn't it? <gasps> Even for two minutes. Oh, where's my phone? Where's my phone? I think everyone does that, don't they? Yeah, you get this weird feeling of the pit in your stomach, and then once you, like, you know, slap your pocket, you're like, oh, okay, good. But I, I've done that many times, too, where it's just like, oh, God, where's my phone? Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's become our brain, hasn't it? Really. Yeah. And that's where things change. It's becoming more and more our brain. To little orb inside our heads, you know. Having- I'm not sure I have to agree. I have to check my phone first. Um. <laughs> I do have kind of a weird phobia. I and it has a name. Uh, Tripophoria. Oh, the holes, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, that. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's like um, I don't think it's medically recognised by psychologists yet, but it's clusters of holes. There's like um, certain things, like there's a lotus seed head. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and like, it forms like little cluster of holes and certain types of coral. It's really weird, and I can't explain it. It just creeps me out wow. in the worst possible way. And I'm not alone. There's enough people f- who have this for it to have a name, and it's just weird. I don't know. To me, that that's just common sense because I'm creeped out by that too. Like I hate lotuses, or uh, there's this really gross frog that gives birth through its oh, back. Oh please. Oh God! Don't no. make me. Please oh. don't. Yeah, no, don't make me imagine that because no. I will be up all night. <laughs> I'm leaving it at that. <laughs> but if you're curious, do a Google search for tripophoria. Um, but it's kind of irrational. I mean, mm. there's no. I mean, like like all phobias, it, by definition, it's irrational. But there's no reason why a collection of holes should upset you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing with a frog is just gross. That's true. But a mm. flower should not upset me. <laughs> <laughs> 
do you say lotus flower yeah there's i don't know if it's a particular type but there's a lotus and it has like a um a bunch of seed pods in the middle yeah and the seeds oh. pop out and it's gross but it's um tripophobia. is it t-r-y p-o-phobia yeah that's amazing i've never heard of that before yeah it's it's yeah. pretty weird <laughs> I, was, I was come i came across this one called fear of clowns which is Chlorophobia, and can you imagine that? That would be a, ne- a horrible phobia to have. To I think honest. quite a lot of people have. That. <laughs> I think. That, I mean, I was when I was a kid, I was terrified of clowns. Yeah, you know, once I was on the on the underground in the train, and, and someone got on, he was wearing a clown mask with this big fixed grin, and he just looked really scary. <laughs> Everyone was terrified of him. <laughs> I was wondering if you can get a phobia of phobias. If you can be phobic about, <laughs> so if you, you could be really well balanced, couldn't you? If you had if you're phobic about phobias you yeah but you, you can't be around people with prominent phobias oh, that's true <laughs> fear is terrifying <laughs> this is our last question so uh our long nightmare is almost over and like pretty much most of these it's it's also from anon and they want to know hungry hungry hippo or sexy sexy salamander sexy sexy salamander all the way come on i have nothing to back that up <laughs> i like saying it I agree with you, actually. It's a sexy Senator any, any day of the week, you ask me. I'm going to be the weird one. I'm going to say Hungry Hungry Hippo because I think of the board game, and that's a really fun game. And someone tells me, like, a board game of Sexy Sexy Salamander wouldn't be quite so fun. Or at least it, you certainly wouldn't want to package it and sell it at the, at the regular toy store. <laughs> more of a yeah, no, that's more of a specialist shop, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Although Hungry Hungry Hippo could be as well. Uh, any, anything, anything can be dirty if you put your mind to it. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. And with that, we're all out of questions, so it's now time to uh, run the special painful threshold scorerizer, and we find out that the winner is Maddie. Yay! Well done, Maddie. What do I win? Um, well, we've got a rotating prize, and your prize is to tell us what makes you angry. So what makes you angry, Maddie? This does not feel like a prize. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, this makes me angry. <laughs> Very good. So, so what makes you angry is being screwed out of a real prize. Basically, yeah. And surprise questions I don't have a response for. <laughs> That's a very good thing to get angry about, don't get me wrong. But I'm happy I won, though, so yay. <laughs> well, that's it for The Painful Threshold. I want to thank all of our lovely panelists, Maddie Drake, Richard J. Anderson, and Bill Drake, or William D. Drake, as he is more often known to the record-buying publicoid. And uh, you can find links to their show notes up at kittysleases.com. And you can always ask us questions uh, either via our Tumblr at painfulthreshold.com via Twitter at Painful Thresh, or on our Facebook page where you can just search for The Painful Threshold and you'll find it. Next time, our panelists will not be Ernie Kovacs, Louise Lasser, and Hiro Hayashi. The Painful Threshold is a production of Kitty Sneeze's Amalgamated Media Works and Guitar Frippery. Thank you and good night. KittySneezes.com in color.